This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports from Station Casinos. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey. I am Ben Goetz, one of your Review Journal Golden Knights beat reporters, joined by Dave Shane and Adam Hill at lovely T-Mobile Arena after the Golden Knights defeated the Minnesota Wild 3-2. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this lovely Tuesday evening? Awesome. Late night with uh, gold, the Golden Edge. I feel like we need a top 10 list or something from from the home office, right? Well, how old is that reference? Like, Dave Letterman hasn't been on TV in like 30 still works. He's on Netflix. That was a different show. There's no top 10 list on his Netflix show. Uh, I get it. I think it's more like After Dark. Okay, the a little modern. edge after dark, yeah. Modernized. All right, all right. I'm with that. I'm, I am a, I'm a millennial, Dave, and you are uh, obviously stuck in the past with your with your old David Letterman references. But yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a very lovely evening here where they got a siren going on at T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. I don't know what's happening. It could also be they might be fixing the uh, the head the the helmet. Yes, the helmet uh, did not work today for Golden Knights to not descend from the rafters but you know it does work SGN Sports Mobile by Station Casinos they are the sponsor of the Golden Edge podcast so we thank them for that also make sure to check out all our coverage at reviewjournal.com including Dave's a lovely game story from tonight because the Golden Knights uh, as I previously mentioned defeated the Minnesota Wild it was their third straight win they also have eight wins in their past 11 games Uh, this is a heck of a win streak they're piling up huh Dave? Yeah, I mean, I think like Jared Glant said, they were playing well a month ago and kind of weren't getting the results, weren't getting rewarded, and now it seems to, you know, have kind of turned for them. I guess, you know, when you play well and you stick with it and all those sorts of things, you know, I think Max Pajaretti said this too, the math eventually is going to work in your favor. It's kind of funny to hear him, you know, these guys talk about, you know, oh, we don't look at statistics and all this. You know, Max Pajaretti is very much as a believer in the math and kind of probability and you know things eventually kind of work out based on on the numbers and and what have you i think you know that that's sort of what's going on especially tonight though i was impressed just the way that that they were able to grind out a game you know win a win an ugly you know root canal game basically that's that's what that was as a son of a dentist i can i can say that was a that was a trip to the dentist's office but you know knights figured out a way to uh, to get something out of it the son of a dentist yeah. That's amazing. I actually did not know that. Learn to see Golden, Golden Edge after other. Golden Edge after dark. We learn new things every yeah, day. My dad's probably listening too. He's probably laughing. I think it's a uh, I think it's a testament to 
like the the team and the structure and, and the belief and and that they they said, hey, we think we're playing okay. And at the time, you know, the struggles were were you know certainly evident and the losses were kind of piling up a little bit. Uh, the standings were starting to be upside down a little bit from where they wanted to be, but. They, they continuously said, hey, we think we're doing the right things. We're on the right track. And there's really no panic. I mean, we know that there's an, an adjustment in kind of their defensive system a little bit, but there was no panic of, hey, we need to completely shake things up. We, they said, hey, we're in the right direction. Eventually it'll work out. And it kind of has. And they're getting the reward for that now. Yeah, the Knights have, I mean, had more scoring chances at five on five than their opponents kind of all season, but just the five on five goals production kind of hasn't been there. So, as, yeah, Max Pacioretty kind of pointed out, things are starting to even out, it seems, for the Golden Knights. Certainly, things are kind of seeming to go their way. The big kind of tweak, as they like to call it, in the defensive system being a big part of that. Another big part of that uh, is Chandler Stevenson, who scored a goal tonight. New guy literally has the new emoji in the lineup, which, uh, as Adam and I have previously discussed, leaves a big quandary as to who is the next new guy for the Golden Knight. And does. But you can't get anybody new. Like you're stuck now. You can't change the roster at all. You've already used the new guy emoji. It's going to be a real rough trade deadline and free agency period for the Golden Knights after committing to Chandler Stevenson and only Chandler Stevenson moving forward. But maybe they're not going to be that upset about it because, as I said, he's playing really well. He has moved up to second line center between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. He has five points in eight games with the Knights. He had four in 24 games with the Washington Capitals before being moved in early December for a fifth round pick. Uh, his chemistry with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty has just been surprisingly good to me, Dave. Has it surprised you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was one of the first ones that when I saw that move kind of snickered, laughed, you know, just shook my head, didn't understand what Jargalant was doing, mainly because it's a guy who's had 33 points in like 168 career games before the trade. I understand it's the Capitals and breaking into that top six is difficult, but he never really had any sort of track record of, of offense showing that he, you know, would be a skill guy that could skate with, with Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and even be productive with them. I I thought it was kind of almost more about, well, maybe Paul Stasny isn't playing well and or Jorgalant likes to balance his lines as much as possible. I don't think he liked maybe the idea of a third line with, with Stevenson and Tuck and then, you know, maybe at the time... You know, glass. I don't remember exactly the the timeline, but I think I think I think the move was more about trying to find that balance between the three lines rather than you know anything of of oh Stevenson can do this or that or whatever. I think he's even surprised them to some extent. Jargalan even said you know you don't really know about a guy until you get him into practice and you see some things. He's faster than I think they they thought he was. Challenge Stevenson. Uh, he's a little more skilled than maybe I think they thought he was. And, and whatever kind of chemistry balance between Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Stevenson, whatever that sort of is, it, it, it's working. And yeah, I'm surprised because I didn't think it would work. Yeah, I think the speed is just so big there because Pacioretty talked about it after the game. Stevenson is so fast. He can get in the zone first. He can kind of be, you know, to use hockey lingo, their F1 on the forecheck. He can be the first guy in the offensive zone, which is kind of a different rotation than what they had with even Paul Stasny in the mix, where now Stevenson is the guy, kind of the grinder of that line, getting in on the forecheck, kind of frees up Stone to do a little bit more playmaking, which is 
often a really good thing. Stone had a really, really nice pass to Stevenson for his goal tonight. And of course, Pacioretty can continue to be kind of the goal scorer of that line. And I mean, he has just been incredible basically all season, but especially uh, as of late. Uh, Adam, just what are your thoughts on the line? The fact that Chandler Stevenson's kind of carrying the t- the Knights two most highly paid forwards right now. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's it's worked out really well. We talk about what Chandler Stevenson can do, but it also is a, a huge testament to what Stone and Pacioretty are as players in that they can they can make somebody, you know, elevate to that level. And, and he's certainly helped them out, and I think the speed does uh, add a different dynamic to what they want to do on that line. Uh, Stastny's certainly more of a distributor playmaker, and Stevenson brings that more speed and uh, that different dynamic to that line. And I think it's opened them up to do a lot of things that you guys are mentioning. Uh, I got the question tonight on Twitter, actually, from somebody that said, is Stevenson the fastest skater on the team? It certainly looks like it at times. It, 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 he is really moving up and down the ice. He'd be up there. Like, I'm not sure if he could quite beat, like, guys like William Carlson in a foot race, but like I said, that's been, I think, the most surprising thing, not just to us, but to the Knights, is that, oh, no, he's fast, and that's something, I mean, Jarrett Glant said right after they got him, of that's what's been impressive to me. That's something that Max Pacioretty has said, of like, oh, wow, this guy can fly, basically, and if we get him the puck and he can just move forward with it, that's just huge uh, for that line. It's basically the team, because Pacioretty has said, hey, it's no secret that when we play fast, we're good, and he helps us play fast. And I, I'll, I'll add this too. I think maybe the, the the biggest compliment for Chandler Stevenson is he's not trying to be something that he's not. Even even on that line, he's still kind of playing within himself. He's not saying, "Oh, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm a top top six guy. I have to, you know, dangle, toe drag, put the puck between my legs, try to do all kinds of things that he's not. He he's still sticking within his game, and his game seems to be meshing." With Pacioretty and Stone, I mean, Pacioretty, I don't know if you meant what, he's got nine points in the last five games, something like that. Stone's got a five-game point streak. So clearly whatever's whatever they were missing before, this is an element that they've needed. They're finally starting to you know, score goals a little bit more consistently. It's not you know, that night-after-night struggle where you're trying to win 2-1, 3-2 or, or things like that. They've been generating chances and all those things. And like I said, I think a lot of it is compliments to Chandler Stevenson, not kind of getting out of his own skin and not trying to be something that he's not. Yeah, and he's, like I said, helped both those guys succeed, and the Golden Knights have needed both of those forwards to succeed, as I mentioned previously. Pacioretty and Stone of the Golden Knights' highest paid forwards. They're certainly playing like it right now. Stevenson has routinely called them in interviews uh, this week. All-Stars, not quite sure if both of those guys can get to St. Louis in January for the All-Star game, but... You'd have to think they're the Knights probably two top contenders right now just because Marc-Andre Fleury obviously missed a lot of time because of the death of his father. Uh, well, another all-star actually has joined the Pacific Division. We should talk about that next. The Arizona Coyotes, who, as we speak, are one point ahead of the Knights in the Pacific Division lead. They also have a game in hand traded for Taylor Hall on Monday. The Coyotes gave up a first-round pick a conditional third round pick that can turn into a second or a first if certain conditions are met. And they also gave up their number three, number four, and number six prospects, I believe, according to ESPN. Obviously a huge move for the Coyotes who have not been to the playoffs in a very long time, but they're playing well this year. And they are certainly, of course, now with this move signaling that they're all in on going to the playoffs. I mean, Dave, what was just your initial reaction when you saw that uh, Taylor Hall is now coming to the Pacific? Yeah, I mean, I think that was... I don't want to say the missing piece, I guess, for the Coyotes, but clearly their offensive production is where they've been lacking for a team that's in first place, 
that gets by, you know, with goaltending and defense, tight structure and all of that, to all of a sudden have a guy, Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel, I mean, it, it, I don't think it necessarily scares you per se as, as an opposing team, but all of a sudden you've got two guys that in a 2-2 game, like we saw tonight, can find a goal, can, can win a game, which is essentially what Taylor Hall did tonight uh, for the Coyotes. They end up winning 3-2. It's just, it, it, it's something that, that they've been missing. It changes, you know, when you, when you scout them and, and all those sorts of things, you know, all of a sudden you have to, you have to worry about a guy who was an MVP two years ago. Now, does it completely make them the, the runaway favorite in the division? I don't know. I mean, I think they were going to be there the whole time, but, you know, not, I don't want to sound like a homer, but the way the Knights are playing right now, you know, I, I don't want to say it's a two-team race, but I don't think anybody's going to run away from the Knights right now just because they got Taylor Hall. Knights are still favored in the division, and actually the Coyotes number didn't change at all at the books, which I thought was fairly interesting. Uh, same odds to win the conference, same odds to win the Stanley Cup, but the, the sports books were already a little bit ahead of the game on the Coyotes. I think the number was fairly low uh, for them to, to go on, I think, 14-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup right now, so uh, not like they had some astronomical odds anyway. I think what it, what it does more than more so than even what you're talking about. I mean, it, it is a team with obviously great goaltending, a stingy defense. Um, they, they needed that, you know, top end playmaker. And, and I think they add that, which is big. But more than anything, I think it's a message to not only themselves, but also the rest of the division to say, hey, we believe. Like, we're going to go give up, you know, prospects, potentially draft picks in the conditions, by the way, are winning one round of, of a playoff series uh, and then uh, re-signing him to a long-term deal are the two conditions that can change the draft pick but it's it's hey we believe this team this roster is good enough and we're going to go out and we're going to make a splash and get that player and bring him in and it, it tends to mention not only to your team but the rest of the teams in the division like look out like we're not we're not messing around we're in first place right now and we think we can be at the end of the year yeah and that's i mean i think that's the best point of of all of this is is like you said it's just a message that it sends because Obviously, Arizona is a team that struggles to get fans in the building, struggles, you know, to get wins the last few years, struggling to just generate any kind of excitement. Last year, you know, they were kind of one of the surprise teams. They were kind of, you know, right there in March, maybe, you know, knocking on the door of a playoff spot. I, I think everybody this year, you know, kind of maybe anticipated them taking a step forward. But for them to, like you said, basically kind of declare to everybody, we're going for it. We're not messing around. We think we have a team that can win right now. I mean, I think it's a pretty bold statement for, for John Chaka and that organization. Cody's, Cody's will be here next Saturday, the 28th, so, so people can get a look at what the what the team looks like. Um, but I, I just, you know, I think you, you go around and talk to players in the locker room in the Golden Knights, and a lot of times when you talk about standings or the vision, those sort of things, it'll just be like, hey, it's early in the season. You know, you get the standard answers. And I kind of thought we might get that on Taylor Hall, too, but I think a couple of guys, you, you, you say, like, yeah, you definitely take notice. And, and I think that was very interesting when, you know, like a guy like Braden McNabb is like, oh, it didn't go unnoticed. Like we, we saw what they did and said, OK, like we're, you know, we're looking around, we'll see what they're doing. So it tells you something that other, that even the guys in the Golden Knights locker room are like, yeah, yeah, we see what they're doing down there. And uh, we're excited to kind of get 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 out there and play them. Yeah, I mean, whenever you had a former MVP, I think you have to take notice, especially because I mean, the Coyotes haven't had that guy that you kind of circle at the top of the scouting report, like, this is the guy we need to slow down. I mean, that's an offense that's been lacking. They're tied for 24th in goals right now. Bill Kessel, despite kind of his reputation, hasn't really fit in there. So I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how the Coyotes kind of adjust to having that potential star winger. And to go back to your point, Dave, uh, I think it goes even above the GM, too. It goes up to their new owner, Alex Morello. He's a owner of SLS here in Las Vegas, just bought the team 
over the summer. They, of course, are going to probably at some point try to get a new stadium done there because the Coyotes currently play in Glendale. I believe the NHL would like them to be more in the actual Phoenix area. And so, you know, bringing in a guy like Taylor Hall might help you, you know, sell some uh, seat licenses here. Can I advocate for Glendale? I enjoy, first of all, I enjoy Glendale. Uh, the arena, listen, it's fine. The arena's fine. I know nobody really goes out there. But it's it's like kind of at a mall. For those in Vegas that haven't been down there, it's kind of like a town square type area. I enjoy it. I like it out there. And by the way, it's easier for us to get to on the kind of the northwest side of Phoenix. I'm in for Glendale. I'm I'm a Glendale advocate, and I'm not I'm not going to apologize for that. I enjoyed my day down there. Yeah. How could you not? There's a courtyard. There's a courtyard like a hundred steps. Yeah. I just walked over to the arena, had lunch in that little kind of, I guess, mall area, whatever you want to call it. I am. Listen, we, we can be the official advocates for staying in Glendale for the Coyotes, and I will not I will not change my status. We are not just brought to you by SDN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos today. We are apparently brought to you by the city of Glendale. I, in the Glendale I, Sports and Entertainment Complex, I believe it's called, we are in. I just want to know like how this sets up for Austin Matthews in, in Arizona. He's got to be loving this, right? Oh, I'm sure he's absolutely got to be loving. It's only a few years away, you know. We we everybody knows yeah. he's going down there, so exactly. Eventually, that kid will come home, get out of the glaring spotlight of Toronto. Hopefully, still in Glendale. At the Hopefully, yeah. That's that's our hope. Big TBD there, uh, but what's not uh, TBD is just that the Coyotes have, of course, become much more interesting uh, in the Pacific Division race. Like we've talked about, certainly doesn't appear that they're going away anytime soon and their battles with the Golden Knights the rest of the season should certainly be a lot more interesting with Taylor Hall in the mix. Uh, another line or players that have gotten in the mix recently for the Golden Knights is the fourth line. That's something I feel like we should talk about on today's podcast. Uh, everyone's been loving on him this week. It's been an interesting theme to kind of follow. Uh, Jar Gallant and Mark Stone both called them out uh, in a good way, unprompted after Sunday's win over the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, then Tomas Nosek ended up scoring the game winner uh, tonight against the Minnesota Wild. I mean, and then Jar Gallant called them the heartbeat of the team in his post-game comments. Uh, you know, Tomas Nosek, who scored that game winner, he's a guy that got benched uh, a couple weeks ago by Glant. And, you know, Dave, I know you wrote about it a little bit this week. Do you think that kind of lit a fire under him and just kind of got him going? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he admitted, you know, anytime you, you're not playing and you're watching from the press box, you know, you're going you're gonna to take notice a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe re reassess some things, reevaluate a little bit. I think he did that. I, the biggest thing I think, or the biggest difference is just those three together more than anything. Uh, Tomasz Nosek was kind of up on the third line a little bit and bounced around. He played wing a little bit. But I, I think, you know, at the start of the year, when everybody was healthy, that fourth line was Nosek in the middle of Carrier and Reeves. That's what, you know, coming out of the training camp and all that that Jura Galan had. I think that's the best fit for the three of them, for, for Tomasz Nosek. You know, we'll see what happens with the injuries and things down the road here in the second half of the season. And obviously Nick Waugh played well, you know, when he had his chance in, in his auditions. But I just really feel like those three together, Nosek, Carrier, Reeves, the chemistry that they've had for the last couple of years, and especially just recently. I, I, I was thinking about this, yesterday, you know, the other day when I was writing the story, and it kind of reminds me of of like you take a pickle jar and somebody just like – tries to open it and they get it really loose and then somebody else just walks by and just pops it pops it open that's the fourth line 
Like they just tenderize, they just slam defensemen, they just get that jar right on the verge and then, and then these other lines are kind of coming in right now and, and taking advantage of the fact that defensemen don't want to go back and retrieve the puck because they know they're going to get a hit and they're, they're getting banged around all game. It slows them down. And we've seen these other three lines and how effective they are on the forecheck because of the work that the fourth line is doing. I really feel like you're, you, Dave, are the guy that struggles to try to get it loose and Ben just walks by and pops it open and then like celebrates and rubs it in that he easily opened the jar. I'm a very big pickle jar bragger. That's about, that's about our, Got our, a lot of pickle jar swag. Seems about like our working relationship. Yeah, that's the dynamic, I feel like. Do the work, you know, I get stuffed by the goalie and Ben just kind of swings by and get the rebound. Change, knocks it in. Tap in goal. I like it. It works though. It works for us, right? Exactly. Just like it works for the fourth line. I mean, it's certainly working for a guy like Will Carrier picks up an assist tonight. He's now got a career high 10 points. And uh, Adam, I thought it was really funny to hear his comments after the game. And you were there too, just talking about like, yeah, you know, it's good to get a career high, but I've been hurt a lot. So it's mainly because I've been playing. It, essentially what he was saying is, yeah, I basically just throw my body all over the place and bang into people all the time. So I never play a full season. And that's why I don't really rack up a lot of points. Not that he is a dynamic you know, goal scorer anyway, but I, you know, that was, I thought, very interesting uh, for him to say. I also think, you know, the, the dynamic that they have between each other is is really fascinating, too. With Those guys are, they're, they're obviously, they do the dirty work, as you're talking about. They, they rack up the hits. Uh, they do all of those things that help the rest of the team, uh, as you said, you know, jar, open the jar loose and then everybody else can pop it off. But, you know, they do all those things. But at the same time, like they certainly take a lot of pride in the, in the points that they do get. And, you know, one of the things that Kerry uh, said today about no six goal was like, yeah, me and Revo have been scoring for a while. Like this guy finally joins the party. Like good for him, which I, I think, you know, that's, that's a really good kind of a, a friendly competition. But also, you know, the, they, they take a lot of pride in when they do finally, you know, get on the board in that way. Uh, they enjoy it and like to rib each other about it, which is good. No, it's a really fun dynamic. And I think they take a lot of uh, pride in too, you know, not even just the scoring, but to continue Dave's analogy, being the people that loosen the pickle jars. I mean, they talk about it all the time. Like we want to be the energy providers. We want, you know, guys on the bench to be fired up because we're banging guys in the corner. And so then the next guys that jump over the boards are all excited because, you know, we got them going a little bit. And so that I think one of the best things you can say about those guys is that they know their role. They don't try to play bigger than they, their role. They do what they're supposed to do. And for them, it works. One of the questions that I asked uh, William Carey this morning at the morning skate, and I said this as a compliment, are you a fourth line guy? Because he's been, you know, on that third line and he had some chance, you know, with talk and they gave him a little a look, you know, he kind of earned, you know, a, a chance to maybe play in a slightly more offensive role. But uh, again, and this is a compliment, like Will Carrier is a fourth line guy. He goes out and he's super fast and he bangs into people and creates, you know, he creates havoc. That's what you need on a fourth line. That's why they've, you know, that's part of the reason that it works. I think that's part of the reason, you know, especially recently that they've been playing well. He, that's where he, I think, is most comfortable. When he and Reeves are together, you look at all the, you know, the Corsi stuff, shot at, you know, whatever. Like when, when Roy Carrier and Ryan Reeves are together, it's outstanding, like, you know, that seems to be, doesn't matter who's in the middle of them. But right now you put Nosek in the middle of them and Nosek's playing well. And yeah, you, you really got something. And they've they've affected games, which a lot of, I guess, quote unquote, fourth lines don't do. Fourth lines typically, 
you know, play five minutes, six minutes, maybe seven. These guys are playing over 10 minutes a game and their, their contributions are on the score sheet and also in other ways. And, and that's what you need from a fourth line. That's when the Knights can roll all those lines and they talk about all that stuff. It's only because the fourth line's playing well and, and earning its ice time. No, definitely. Max Pacioretty talked about that after the game today. He's like, hey, we're a team that, as you said, Dave likes to roll four lines. We're one of the few teams that kind of can do that. And it's because those guys on the fourth line have been playing well, as have the rest of the Golden Knights. As we mentioned, they're on a little bit of a tear right now. After starting the season pretty slow, they seem to have really found their stride. I mean, Jar Glant talked about after the game today that, you know, they weren't getting the results early, but they stuck with the process. And now just a lot of things seem to be falling into place for them. We've talked about they've got all four lines going right now. They're turning guys that were kind of on the scrap heap like Chandler Stevenson into very productive top six players. Uh, Max Pacioretty scoring. Mark Stone is also scoring. It's all working for the Golden Knights right now. Uh, we like to think it's all working for us too here on this post-game late-night edition of the Golden Edge podcast at T-Mobile Arena. We're watching them kind of take apart uh, the ice right now as the Knights head out for a two-game trip to Vancouver on Thursday and San Jose on Sunday. Dave will be on that trip, so make sure to follow him at, at David Shane LVRJ. So will the fathers. I know. It's the dad's trip. Golden Knights undefeated on dad's trips. 4-0. So uh, both Carrier and Nate Schmidt said this morning there's a little pressure to keep that streak up. Don't you think they should do a dad's trip to Glendale? We're, I mean, it's a great place. I think they're really missing out. Going to San, I mean, San Jose's fine. Vancouver is very cool. Let's uh, let's send a strongly worded memo to George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon to see what strings we can pull. Well, we'll say goodbye while we uh, try to get our RJ letterhead prepared for our memo. Make sure to check out all our coverage at reviewjournal.com. Also, make sure to you know like, subscribe, do whatever you do with podcasts wherever you find us, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. All that stuff really, really helps us out, keeps this kind of stuff going. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Dave Shane and Adam Hill, I'm Ben Goats. We'll talk to you again real soon. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.